0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who
1: will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And this week, we have a question that's been submitted by our church family. Pastor Michael, here's our question. Have the charismatic gifts ceased?
0: Well, this uh, fine day, I am looking forward to um, upsetting some people, and uh, I'm kidding, I'm not.
1: No, Michael. No.
0: Um, it is interesting, though, that this is an issue that creates emotions in certain um, kinds of people, intense emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really I really wish, actually, that we could have a lot more fun dialogue about this, because it's honestly um, a great exercise in um, studying scripture um, proof texting and seeing how scriptures match up against other scriptures and and uh, actually a few subjects um, really make you think as much about um, what the Bible means on an issue than spiritual gifts. So, um, for those of you who are new to the issue, those of you who have been there a long time, I'm pretty confident that, um, there'll be some new ideas in this for you that you haven't yet considered because it's such a complex issue. And, um, and for those of you who are newer to this, there'll probably be more information than you could ever ask for because, um, it is just one of those issues, but no matter where you're at on it, um, I would love to have further discussion with you on a couple conditions. Number one, you're nice. That's about it. All right. So so first we have to actually answer the question, what is a spiritual gift? Because um, some people have no idea really what that means. And I want to make this as simple as humanly possible. Um, When somebody trusts in Jesus, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And God gives to every follower of Jesus who's filled with the Holy Spirit a job to do, a ministry. Um, He calls it a gift, a gift, a ministry, a job, a task to accomplish and everyone's is different and there are numerous places in the bible where they talk about our spiritual gifts or spiritual ministries or spiritual jobs um there are a whole bunch of different jobs some people are teachers some people are evangelists um, some people are prophets some people speak in tongues some people are servants and all different sorts of gifts some people have the gift of faith some people have the gift of giving and uh, it just goes on and on and so um, basically what happens is when you come to jesus um He gives you a spiritual mission to accomplish. And when you serve, um, here's what happens. It's called a spiritual gift because when you do this thing, it bears spiritual fruit. Um, and so some people think that for spiritual fruit to be born out of a ministry, you have to be really great at it and really mature, and those help. Um, but the cool thing about spiritual gifts is that no matter how mature you are, uh, no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, the effectiveness of the gift is not at the end of the day based on how good you are at doing it, but it is based in the Holy Spirit accomplishing it through you. For example... Um, I've been told that I have the gift of teaching. And so when I was 19 years old, I started teaching. So um, Pastor Tim, pop quiz, do you think I was a good teacher? Likely not. Likely not. I was so bad. Uh, it was really bad. And um, and then what happened is through the, through the duration of teaching this group of kids over one summer, seven kids came to faith in Jesus, and the group grew from three three to 20 or 25, and these kids started learning the Bible, and then they started remembering it. Um, and let me tell you, it was not because I was a skilled communicator. It was because um, my ministry or job or task um, is was to teach people the Bible. And when I did that, God worked through it and people learned, understood it, and then began to obey it. Um, I had uh, have a, a secondary gift, which is evangelism, so that when I go after that, some people tend to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not like a Billy Graham evangelist. like He's an evangelist on a par that I couldn't even touch, um, but I've been able to see a number of people come to faith when I proclaim the gospel to them. And so how do you know whether you have a spiritual gift? Well, you start serving, and the Spirit starts to work as you serve. So the Bible has um, an extensive list of spiritual gifts. We've named a few of them. And, and so what, what has happened is over the centuries, we've divided this list into two different kind of categories. I want to make it clear, though, the Bible doesn't really make categorical distinctions in this way. In fact, the only distinction that the Bible makes in spiritual gifts are serving gifts, and speaking gifts. That's the only real distinction. But um, So we've come up with this distinction, and we call it charismatic gifts and non-charismatic gifts. And charismatic gifts, um, the way we use the word, at least uh, in America, um, means gifts that are really kind of supernatural and beyond the normal. For example, Um, The gift of healing and miracles, um, the ability to raise somebody from the dead, to grow back a limb that's been chopped off, to um, heal a paralyzed man or woman so they can stand up and walk and run, um, to have lightning come down from heaven. I mean, these miraculous signs and wonders, um, they're out of the ordinary, if you will. Um, The gift of speaking in tongues is um, another one of these charismatic gifts, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, um, the gift of apostleship. So these are this category of charismatic gifts. And some have believed, and they are called cessationists, and they believe that these charismatic gifts, some or all of them, have ceased or stopped being um, given by the Holy Spirit um, during the first few centuries of the early church before the Word of God, the Bible, was firmly established. And then there's a group of people, and they're called continuationists, and they believe that all of the gifts, the more charismatic ones and the more, we'll say, conservative ones, um, continue. Um, and that anybody who has those gifts, they're still active in using those gifts. So we have cessationists on one side. We have continuationists on the other side. And I know the guy who asked this question, and a good friend of mine wrestling through this issue for many years now, and he's wondering, so have these charismatic gifts, meaning apostleship, signs, wonders, miracles, um, uh, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy – have these gifts ceased or do they continue on? And, and so here's what I want to do. Um, I want to make a defense for a cessationist position, not because I am or am not one, but I think it's a good place to start the discussion. So if you're a continuationist, I want you to put your humble hat on for a moment, and I want you to just empathize. I want you to listen to the scriptures. Um, And then at the end of this, what I'll do is I'll, I'll let you know at least what I think, and then I'm pretty confident most people won't agree with me on everything, and that's okay. And pop quiz, Pastor Tim, if you want to talk to me about it, you only need to be humble. Nice. And nice. <laughs> humble is yeah. good. I guess humble the two nice. kind of go yeah. together, right? That's humble would be preferable. <laughs> okay. Can you be humble and mean? Okay. Anyway, so uh, let's make a, a a defense for the cessationist position, and uh, and here's how the cessationists often would start. They would say this. They would say, we know that we know at least one of the charismatic gifts has ceased, and that gift is the gift of apostleship. Um, And so how do we know that the gift of apostleship has ceased? Number one, because the biblical requirements for apostleship are impossible to be met. For example, um, one biblical requirement is that Jesus has to pick you. Um, Number two, it comes from Acts chapter one. um, They're replacing Judas as a disciple and uh, as an apostle. And here's what it says. Um, It has to be somebody who has accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning. beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So the requirements for the apostolic office were that you were walking and witnessing Jesus from the baptism of John all the way to his execution and then resurrection. And you need to be handpicked by Jesus. So obviously it's not possible. And so, um, most, uh, continuationists are actually cessationists, but they believe that the only gift that has ceased has been um, the gift of apostleship. I got to make clear because if you're listening to some preachers nowadays, um, they'll, they will use the gift of apostleship, and what they mean is the gift of entrepreneurship. I'm not saying that is or is not a spiritual gift, but it's kind of the way um, the word has been used. It seems that Mark Driscoll coined that term, and then a whole bunch of pastors started using this as a spiritual gift for starters, innovators, church planters, et cetera. Um, again, I, it's not what the Bible means when it has or talks about the gift of apostleship. So uh, the cessationist would say— Everybody is a cessationist to to a degree, unless you're Roman Catholic and you believe the apostolic office is continuing through the papal office, the Pope, um, or you're a faith um, healer movement like Benny Hinn, and they just call themselves apostles because they had visions where Jesus came to them and handpicked them and chose them like the Apostle Paul. Um, So unless you're going to be like a faith healing movement or you're going to be a Roman Catholic, Most Christians believe that this gift has ceased. So everybody is a cessationist to a degree. Now the question is to what degree? Um, So I want to go on. I want to say that some gifts like apostleship were foundational and existed to lay a strong foundation for the early church. So if you're a cessationist, um, what you will defend is you will say this, that the gift of apostleship we know existed so that the early church would have a strong foundation. And that other charismatic gifts um, were given to lay a strong foundation for the church to validate this apostolic message, and that these gifts— began to cease as the Bible, the Word of God, began to come together. So as the church became grounded, there was less need for signs, wonders, apostles, etc., because it had a firm, solid um, foundation. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says this, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And this household of God was built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And what Paul's saying is that the apostles and the prophets um, were given to build this foundation. And so the cessationists would say not only has the apostolic gifts ceased, but the prophetic gifts have ceased because they existed to create the foundation of the church. Well, once the church's foundation was laid, the gifts were no longer necessary. And at this point, the continuationist is is saying, that's ridiculous, how could you say that? And and that's fine, we'll get there to that point. But at the very least, the continuationist has to be able to say this. There is precedent set that some gifts have ceased, particularly the gift of apostleship. And so here's what we know. The precedent has has been set, so all things are possible. All things are possible, just say that. Number three, some gifts seem to be apostolic in nature to validate the office. So I want to read to you Acts chapter 14 verses two to four. It says this, the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brothers. So they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Well, whose hands? Here's what it says. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. And so what is happening in Acts 14 is that the apostles are given this ability um, to do signs and wonders, and this ability has been granted to them by God. Well, why? So that their word could be validated as true, so that everybody who saw them do these crazy things would say, truly, these people are from God. 2 Corinthians 12.12 says, The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience. With signs and wonders and mighty works. And so the cessationists would say um, the reason that apostleship and signs and wonders um, have ceased is because that they were gifts given to the apostles um, for the laying of the foundation of the early early church. Um, Some continuationists will say um, there's no biblical evidence that these gifts were for the apostles, and they kind of just pull stuff out of their rear without rooting them in scripture. And I would just say both both sides need to go back to the Word of God because there is some evidence that these gifts were given to the apostles specifically to validate their office and to build the foundation of the church. But that's a cessationist side. It's not the whole story. That's a part of where they come to this conclusion. Um, I want to poke a hole in the cessationist argument now. Okay, Outside of the apostles... Were a number of people in Scripture who performed miracles, signs, and wonders. So, if the cessationist wants to say, "Michael, um, this was given to them," then the continuationist should respond and say, "That's cute, but other people in Scripture did that as well. So, maybe yes, it was for that purpose." But we find um, Philip; he is given the uh, ability to do this, and he was not an apostle. He was one of the early deacons. Well, the cessationists would move on, and here's what they would say. Um, There is, after about 300 AD, almost, or they would say no evidence until the late 1800s of any of the charismatic, supernatural, miraculous gifts ever being used in the church. I mean, we're talking complete silence. And so I think this is actually a really compelling case. Um, uh, The continuationist, they would say, well, Michael, that's because they quenched the Holy Spirit really like for like 1500 years the holy spirit allowed nobody in recorded history to really use these supernatural miraculous gifts he allowed that to happen Um, when his desire is that the church would use them i highly doubt um, that was, that was the case. And so, uh, at the end of the day, the cessationists come back and say, here's what we know. Yeah. There were other people who had these gifts, but all of these were for the foundation laying of the church. And so now that the church foundation was laid, the Bible has come. We have truth. We don't need the prophetic word anymore because we have the written word. Um, these gifts have ceased. <clears throat> so here, l- let me just give you an overview, um, of what I would say personally, number one, it's undeniable that the gift of apostleship has ceased. Like you just can't get away from that. That is undeniable. Um, Unless you're going to be Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland, um, you just can't get away from that. Okay. it's good. Number two, miracles and healing. I'm going to be straight with you for a moment. I've never seen it operate. Um, I have a hard time believing that all Christians for 1500 years had no access to this gift or not enough faith to use it. Like this void in church history is deeply concerning um, for me. And again, some people will, uh, gosh, I hear this all the time. So if you're a continuationist, please take this um, statement out of your vocabulary because it makes you not sound smart. Um, it's when you say this. Um, so you're saying that God doesn't do miracles anymore? No, I actually never said that. Clearly, God does miracles all the time. I'm just saying that God, I don't think, gives specific people the gift of healing miracle signs and wonders i believe that was more of a gift for the apostolic era to lay the foundation of the church and not necessarily a gift so that i if i had that gift could go heal people all the time if somebody does have the gift of healing and miracles um please go hospital to hospital to hospital and healing people person after person after person because like for you to just hide that gift in a bushel (laughs) you know like come on people so at some point, I want to say, okay, I've never seen it operate. And uh, some people will say, well, I've seen God heal. And that's great. That does not necessarily mean somebody has a spiritual gift. Just because God uses somebody to heal someone does not necessarily that mean that person has the gift. They're two very separate um, discussions. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, enforces this. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his his will and here is what the uh, writer of hebrews is saying he's saying that um, these spiritual gifts these miraculous signs and wonders were given to attest to the salvation that was given to prove that this message by the apostles um, that jesus really truly was who he says he was and these men were truly the foundation laying leaders of the church and so i would say i love miracles and healing god heals and does miracles all the time but that gift has stopped uh, prophecy. What about prophecy? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue. Uh, I know it's different than the Old Testament. I know that um, if somebody gives a New Testament prophetic word that is not completely accurate, the punishment is not corporate death by the church. Um, so I do know that that's different. I know that prophecy pops up throughout the New Testament. This isn't a scary subject for the church. Um, I don't have 100% confidence of what it means and doesn't mean. Some cessationists have, I, th- I think, um, narrowed their definition to it's just the teaching forth of God's word. Well, we already have a gift called teaching. If that's all it was, you don't need to have an extra gift called prophecy. Um, and so there seems to be in the book of Acts that there are men and women, some young women, especially who have this ability to speak forth truth Uh, maybe it's to reveal hidden secrets i don't know exactly the bible doesn't tell us but they have this ability to speak forth in behalf of god things that people when they hear them know are true Um, i have a hunch prophecy might be all around us and we just don't call it that you know Um, we might call it a gift of encouragement or i think sometimes the gift of prophecy may masquerade as as other gifts Um, so what about tongues and interpretation of tongues Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, do not forbid the speaking of tongues. So I get really antsy about saying tongues have ceased, personally. Um, But I'll tell you what, I don't believe. I don't believe that praying in tongues is a personal prayer language. Um, Some people have called it a gibberish prayer language where you don't really know what you're saying, but the Holy Spirit is praying through you. That is, I'll just say, unbiblical, not consistent with the explicit descriptions of speaking in tongues in Acts chapter 2. And so... Uh, tongues, according to the Apostle Paul, is a gift for unbelievers. And so anytime the gift of tongues should be used, it should be in the context of evangelism for unbelievers. At another time, we'll do a podcast where we answer the question, what is the gift of tongues and interpretation in Scripture? And then finally, um, some cessationists, I think, are really, really scared of the gifts of discernment of the spirits, um, wisdom, knowledge, faith. And uh, I would just say the Bible doesn't give any hints that these have stopped, ceased. Um, God gives wisdom, knowledge, faith, discernment to Christians to various degrees. Don't be scared of those. Relax. Um, so big picture, um, I'm probably not going to fall into any camp nicely. Um in a way that makes all the cessationists or all the continuationists happy. I'm a cessationist to a degree, and I'm a continuationist to a degree. And uh, at Village Church, we say, let's talk about it, and um, let's arm wrestle over it. At the end of the day, though, um, some of the things that we've landed on for sure is that as a church, we believe apostleship has ceased. As a church, we teach that gifts and miracles and signs and wonders have ceased, although God still does those things. As a church, we don't um, typically exercise the gift of prophecy, though, we believe if it is around that um, people are probably using it all the time anyways we don't forbid speaking in tongues but we don't also practice it in the church service we make sure it is explicitly an evangelistic gift if it is going to be used um, but we also recognize that many people in our church have a personal prayer language where they pray in tongues um, and then at the end of the day um, discernment of spirits wisdom faith knowledge um, we teach that people can have those gifts so hope that helps i know that's a lot it's kind of a little uh just a 101 on spiritual gifts and um, some thoughts for you to think about
1: thank you pastor michael once again for that long 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 answer to the question i think
0: i want to talk for another 20 minutes what do you think of that
1: (laughs) i don't think people can handle another (laughs) 20 minutes michael
0: (laughs) oh goodness every once in a while we'll throw one out
1: listeners thanks for joining us today Please don't forget that you can submit your questions to our podcast by visiting our church website, vcob.org, and go to the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us tomorrow when we answer the question, what does it mean that Jesus was made perfect through suffering? This question is from Hebrews 2.10. We'll see you tomorrow.